0: Today, we're gonna wrap up the series, which goes great with Mother's Day, about shifting. And it's about shifting when you're stuck. And today, what I wanna talk to you about, and you're gonna see in a moment how imperative it is for each of our roles as parents, I wanna talk to you about shifting generations, about shifting generations. You see, whenever we, Start to talk about being stuck in life, no matter what your brand of stuck is, if it's stuck in a broken relationship, stuck in a hurt from when you were a child, stuck in a financial burden, stuck in some type of physical illness or spiritual attack or religion, whatever it is. I want you to realize that whenever we begin to focus on the Scripture, I kicked this off with in the Gospel of Matthew, when we begin to focus on this Scripture and, and really get it resonating in our heart, no matter what brand of stuck you are facing, you can break through. And that Scripture was whenever they asked Jesus, what is the most important command? And he said, actually, there's two. And he said, let me give you the first. The first is to love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, soul, and mine. And the second is likened to it, and equally as important, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So basically, Jesus said when we fix our eyes on God and on others, it begins to bring a transformation in our lives, and it begins to not only bless us and bless those around us, but I'm going to show you in the next 15 or 20 minutes how it will bless generations, because God is a God who said He is Alpha, the beginning, and Omega, the ending. He is the beginning and the ending of all things. He always was, always is, always will be. He said in one book in the Bible, He said that, I am God and I change not in Malachi, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Another place it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whenever we began to talk about that we are here to make a shift, lay a foundation for generations to come, not only the generation we're in, but generations to come, we got to come to the realization that God is a God of destiny. He And destiny is not about perishable stuff or perishable things, but destiny is about eternity. And every one of us were designed and placed on this planet for a purpose. And as I've been sharing with you in this series, God gave us our gifts when he created us in his image and likeness, even before we were born again, he gave us our gifts and talent to use them however we want. But there's only one condition, your gifts are not for you. Your gifts are for God and for others. Yeah, that's all right to clap there. Your gifts are not for you. Your gifts are for God and for others. And as we begin to understand that as believers, it can bring a transformation. I know, well, i won't to get into something else here in just a moment. Before I do, I want to give you a little illustration. And I want to talk to you about this for a moment. Because I think it's critical that we understand what's taken place, not only now, but forever. Now, as you can see, I'm bringing a rope out, and I've used a rope one other time before for you, maybe for a little different use. But as I'm bringing this rope out, and now this rope, just imagine this rope goes into infinity and beyond, right? Buzz light here. But it goes on throughout eternity, forever. Because what I want you to understand, God put you on this planet with the gifts you have, not just to bring change for now, but to bring change forever, to affect generations for the future, and for eternity. This rope represents eternity, and it's endless, it's boundless, and it will always be. But what we do a lot of times in this life, not only Christians, uh, but non-believers as well, we have this lifespan, and this, this red part represents, this red tape represents our lifespan, and the remainder of the rope represents eternity. And what I want you to understand is is that whenever we begin to live our life according to the red tape, we shortchange ourselves and we shortchange generations in the future. You see, whenever we get caught up on what happened way back here in elementary school and we're still hurt from it, offended, broken, and have never gotten beyond it or or been freed of it or whatever, it it begins to affect the rest of your lifespan, the rest of the red tape. You see, we are the sum total today of every decision we've ever made. And none of us can get away from that because God made us a free will moral agent. We're all basically living decisions. And we are going to live somewhere forever. The Bible tells us when we take our final breath, we'll be absent from this body but present with our Lord. You see, the key is, which Lord will we be present with? Will we be present with Jehovah God? Will we be present with our Lord and Savior Jesus? Or will we be present with the God of this world, Satan himself? And as we begin to realize that we are the sum total of every decision we make, and and a lot of times, you know, we get focused on, you know, our education, which is great. We need education. We get focused on our careers, As we get folks on our careers, we work our whole entire life so hard to prepare for this last little section of tape. Because, you know, we want to live and eat and do and travel everything we want to do. We want to live the dream. We want to live this lifestyle. But really, you've already used most of your life preparing for this last little bit. And you're already aching and pain and a little odor and you can't travel like you want and you really don't have everything you want, but yet you've worked your whole life for it. But when you think about it, it won't be long. That last little section of tape will be gone and you'll be into what lasts forever? Eternity. And eternity is never ending. You see, you're in this life in the red tape zone because God put gifts in you. And you're in here to love and to serve him and to love and to serve others. I mean, it's difficult to love your neighbors yourself, isn't it? Because, I mean, I look at myself, you look at yourself, our kids, and all these things. It's so easy to get caught up in what we're responsible for. The reason is we are not looking. We're so short-sighted in what our responsibilities are. We think if we do this, 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 and end it well here, man, we've taken care of things. But God looks at it differently. God looks at it as how do you impact generations? How do you impact the future and forever? You see, we all want that thing from God when we enter into heaven. He says, enter in, Dalton, good and well done, my faithful servant, right? We all want that, but it's not so much on how good or bad you are, even though the more you love God, you'll live a better life and you'll be gooder, as we'd say, better, right? but you'll still make mistakes, you'll still sin, you'll still have issues. But here's the key, whenever you live that life, it's not just about what you did or didn't do in the sense of your own personal stuff, it's even beyond that, it's what did you do to love God and to love others and to bring eternal souls into the kingdom? How many did you snatch out with your lifestyle, with your love, with your compassion, with your giving, with your serving? How many did you snatch out of the, uh, that would be in the pits of hell, and now they're with you in heaven. You see, God is gonna look at who's came before you that's there because of you and your gifts, and he's gonna look at who's following you because of you and your gifts. And when we begin to understand that, we live beyond the red tape mentality or mindset and we move into the fullness and the joy. You see, we don't, we don't get so caught up in what we have or don't have on this earth because we know we're storing up treasures in heaven where moss, rust, and dust does not destroy it, deteriorate it. It's not about material possessions. You can't take those to heaven with you. You can't take your title in your career or even your title title mom or dad in this earth to heaven. The only thing you can take to heaven is who you are and who you bring along with you. And it's going to determine because you're going to live over here forever and ever. And it's the same for everyone. And the lifestyle you have in God's kingdom and God's government is going to depend on what you did in this little short time span. I mean, how many times have you thought more of yourself than God? How many times have we thought more of our own children than all of God's children? How many times do we put ourselves beyond his plan or his purpose? You see, his destiny is forever. His destiny and his, him creating us in his image and likeness is for his reason, his plan, and his purpose alone. How many times do we put our purpose ahead of his purpose? When the Holy Spirit nudges us, challenges us, encourages us, and we just keep becoming numb to it, pushing it, to the background you see the bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first what's that saying it's when we put ourselves second to one when we put ourselves second to god it begins to transform not only us but future generations uh, as, we, as we continue on what i want to say to you is this and here's the thought That I want to get in your heart. Here's the thought that I want you to know, and that is that we must see our decisions as shifting generations for eternity. Every decision I am, every decision I make, I must be able to see those decisions as having some kind of impact on generations to come. You know, uh, my mom, uh, she was an amazing woman, and my grandmother meant her mom was an amazing woman, and my grandma meant, you know, they all grew up in a little hollow, but there was over a hundred children just on two or three little, by two or three little creeks really there, and it took a little while to get over to where they were. I think you even had to drive through the creek for a while to get to them. It's kind of the way it used to be in eastern Kentucky. It still is in some parts. But my grandma, she would teach and help out in elementary school, but there was just a little one-room schoolhouse out there in a little open area where the hollows came together. And uh, But there was no pastor, no church, nothing like that. And my grandma had such a burden for all the kids on those hollows that she would hold Sunday school for them every Sunday for years, for tens of years. Oh, I forget how many years. And I'll never forget in her 80s before she went on. Actually, she's in her 90s when she went on be the Lord, 90, almost 96. But in her 80s, she cried and was telling me that, you know, son, I used to believe and pray for pastors. I'd, I'd like get the traveling evangelists and say, can you come and speak to our kids on Sunday? I'd, I'd twist pastor's arms. And when they wouldn't come and do a little something extra to, to speak to the children, I would just find a way to speak and minister to them. But it's cool seeing all these kids saved and how it affect gener- affected generations. But she said, you know what I did? I I began to pray, and I didn't realize that when I was praying and begging pastors to come to our little hollow, she said, I didn't realize that after over a hundred grandchildren and dozens and dozens of great-grandchildren at the time, and even some great-great-grandchildren, she said, I didn't realize that God was going to give me two preachers out of my own grandson's. And and she said, that's been the most, and she just began to cry. And She said, that's been the most amazing thing all those years. I was just focused on other people and their children, but God gave me two pastors. And that being, I, I received the call to preach, and then shortly after that, my older brother did. And this morning, he's preaching in Ines, Kentucky, in a church he planted 15 years ago, over 15 years ago. And Steph and I are here ministering in Lexington in a church that we planted over 18 years ago. Amen. Yeah, it's all right to clap. (laughs) So what are you saying, Pastor? My grandmother had an impact on generations. And what I want you to understand, ladies, moms, grandmothers, and all the guys too, God is into destiny, and God is into impacting generations. Like Bethel, we are not a a second-generation church. We are an 18-year-old child. And sometimes people wanna compare us to a 50 year old church or a 100 year old church or 125 or a 200 year old church. We're not, we're just barely legal, we're just 18. I mean, there's a lot of things we have that other churches don't have, but there's a lot of things we don't have. But here's the cool part, if you'll get into this, is you get to be part of something so special that you are the first generation of a movement of God, a first generation of a church, and they'll be talking about you and celebrating you when you're in heaven if this world lasts that long. Because if it wasn't for your faith, your giving, your serving, your praying, your loving, maybe they wouldn't even be in the kingdom of God. So we gotta look at even what we're doing today is so beyond what's happening today or this week or this year, but it's really how we are affecting generations. Let me read a scripture to you out of Proverbs. Proverbs 13, verse 22. As we begin to look at this in a little more in depth about the decisions we make of shifting generations forever. And it's about an inheritance It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So what is an inheritance? Well, one definition is it's a birthright. It's a birthright. It's something that is passed on, that is inherited. It can be property, it can be finances, but it can be other things. It's birthright. <clears throat> so I want you to realize that that really your 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 inheritance is not just about giving money to the next generation. That can be part of it and it's good you know, I think it's wisdom to do that, but it's also about this second def, uh, definition, legacy. It's not only a birthright, but inheritance is a legacy. It's something that, that, that we pass on, a quality, a characteristic, or something that could be even an immaterial possession as well that people succeed after us because of some characteristic from our life. In other words, inheritance is the closest thing that reflects the favor of God. And God is all about leaving a name more than just leaving some financial inheritance or some asset. It's great to do that, but your character and those things mean so much more. I know my mother, whenever uh, she was a young girl, in her family, she had, uh, I think, nine siblings, eight or nine siblings, and she, <clears throat> even though she was one of the younger ones, she was growing up in that little holler I was telling you about. <clears throat> and she went to elementary school, all the way up to junior high to eighth grade and completed it. But instead of going into her high school freshman year, she hired, she hired herself out as a nanny to help her parents and her siblings eat. And so she was a hard worker and worked with a couple families that were distant relatives and served them. And they paid her to live and take care of their kids and clean house as a young teenager. When she was 19, she married my father, who already had five children because his wife had passed away with cancer at the age of 31. And he married my mom. And whenever they were married, then she and he had four children. And uh, he was a hardworking man. He, he was in politics some there. He was mainly on the railroad and a carpenter. And, and he uh, had cancer and passed away very young. Well, when he passed away, here my mother is with an eighth grade education, raised his kids, and now raising four of her own, I was only three months old. So she had four children from three months to 17 years old, and all she drew was a little social security check from the railroad, not enough to barely even eat on, because there was no welfare, there was no food stamps, there was no, you had to find a way to survive. Now, what did my mom pass on to me? She passed on this compassion and love of always putting us, God and us, before ourselves. And not only that, this, character and this work ethic and 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 this amazing sweet spirit but tough to never ever give up to always push through and she took on a waitress job and she was waiting tables breakfast lunch and dinner for i don't know how long and then eventually the lady had owned this little home cooking place she worked in for a number of years Sold it to my mom when she was retiring. And we lived in the back of it. And I think of this woman, this eighth grade education, ended up owning several different restaurants throughout my life. But I just think of that tenacity and that love of God and the character and all those things I wasn't that I saw her possess. Why? Because she wasn't living for herself. She wasn't living for her red tape. She was living for her children and her children's children's children's. She understood legacy as she understood the importance and the significance of it and how it will impact forever. So here we are about 10 years after she's passed, about 20 years after my grandma meant's passed, they're in heaven and they have descendants preaching the gospel and other children and grandchildren, successful business owners and retired and all that and all of that but every one of them are born again, every one of them are children of God, all of her daughters And and most of her grandchildren, and all that, and even some great grandchildren. And that legacy is forever because she is one of those clouds in the witnesses in the clouds. And guess what? When you're absent from the body, present with the Lord and with her, we will be accounted to their glory. I will be, and my siblings. And guess what? Many of you will be because whatever I do will be accredited to those who put God and me before themselves. Just like we have to do our children, so I want you to understand the important and the importance and the impact of your red tape time. It's not just about you. it's about God, and it's about others. And when you get those priorities right, there's nothing that can stop you from becoming who God called you to be. There's another scripture verse I want to give you out of Psalms 22, Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verses 30 and 31, talking about how our decisions last forever. It says, a posterity. The word posterity means offspring of future ancestors, or it also means all generations, all future generations. So, all future generations will serve him, future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Think about that. That the seed you sow when those 800 plus people came to Christ over the last 23 and a half months. The the people you witness to, the people you give and serve, the people you love and, and sacrifice for. Guess what? That all goes into your account. That's that treasure in heaven, And if you have everything you want, you know, you're the rapper, the rock star, the athlete, the, the wealthy business person that never has to want for anything. Whatever you are, some person like me that's known a little bit and you feel like you're known. None of that matters when you get to heaven except the decisions we made with it. You see, you are to the sum total of every decision you have ever made. Think about that. I think about single moms, and obviously I have a special place in my heart for single moms. I remember my mom when she got married and had my little baby sister to my stepfather, a wonderful man who was a federal mine inspector. When my little sister was four, they were married and had her, then she was four, I think it was. He had to go inspect a terrible explosion in Whitesburg, Kentucky, where 15 men were killed. Had to help get them out and go back in with another team of men. And then it blew up with him and 10 other men. And he was in that mind for eight months when I was in the eighth grade. I was in a new school, I was in eighth grade, and here my mom is, she's got my little four-year-old sister, me, 13, at a new school in a new county, and a brother that graduated high school when he was 17, serving in the infantry in Korea, who had just turned 18. And all these things are going on, not all counting, all the other stuff going on, and I watched how she handled it. I watched how she walked through and and still kept our home together i watched how she was at times break down and cry and other times be so strong And to think about anyone that would have to go through some of these things she went through. But never losing her faith in Christ. And never losing her focus and her love for her children and her grandchildren. You know, I just want you to realize single moms. And some of you are single dads. And some of you are single grandparents and great-grandparents. You're raising your grandkids and your great-grandkids. I just want to encourage you, don't give up. I know my mom, they said, well, what do you— I said, well, mom, what do you want me to do when I grow up? She said, son, I don't want you to go to jail and I want you to get your high school diploma. I mean, that wasn't a big goal, you know what I'm saying? But she treated me like I was a prince. She loved me and served, and all of us kids, always like that, what she knew that what was going on here was not about her, but it was about God, and it was about others. And because of that, God blessed her and her generations to come. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 29, uh, verse uh, 18, it says, where there is no vision, my people perish. That word vision, calls on. it's talking about looking into the future, having a dream. It's talking about living beyond the red tape, but seeing and, and focus your destiny on what's to come, not what you, what's going on right now. Where there's no vision, no purpose, no plan, My people perish. That word perish in some translations means to cast off all restraint, to have no boundaries. You see, when you're focused on yourself or what you want, what you need all the time, I mean, we all are somewhat that way, right? But when we never take our eyes and totally focus on God, and we never take our eyes and totally focus our purpose and our gifts on others and how we can solve problems and how we can help others and how we can give and do and serve and love, guess what, guys? We're called up. We're short-sighted. We're living this red tape lifestyle, and it's coming to an end. Even if you live 100 years, it's coming to an end an end someday. And if we can get focused on this, eternity, this is where you're going to spend your time. This is where you're going to always be in his kingdom. And he has rankings, he has things in his kingdom. And it's important for you to get this, not just to get to heaven, but to be uh, very effective for him while you're in heaven. Now, where there's no vision and people perish, but happy is he that keepeth the law. What's he talking about? Joy is based on the Spirit of the Lord. In the Holy Spirit is joy, temperance, kindness, meekness, faith, patience. But happiness is based on what's happening. When you put God first, you can be on the front row of a funeral home, and somehow God's joy will bring happiness to you. You can be in a terrible sickness, and you can find good in it. You can be in a tough financial situation and find good. You can can grow. You can learn. You can mature. But if everything just goes your way all the time or you work your whole life to set it up, to set the deck so it can go the way you thought it should, let me help you. You will always be disappointed because you live in a cursed world and there is disappointments at every hand. I don't want to be a pessimist because I'm more of an optimist, but I want you to realize it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about God and it's about our neighbors. It's about God and it's about others. And when we rest in that, he finds a way to bless your children. He finds a way to bless your kids. He finds a way to bless you and have you walk in his favor. You see, you don't discover favor when everything's going good because you can take credit for that. You discover favor when everything's bad and terrible. You don't even know why you can get up another day. And you don't even understand why you can take another step. And you don't understand how you can still love God with all this tragedy going on in your life. And then you discover his favor. And it builds you and grows your character. But guess what? And let me get this. That growth you're having is not even for you. The things my mom had to go through were for me and my brothers and my cousins and my nephews and my nieces. It was for all of us to let us know that God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. He'll always be there. Never quit. Even when you fall down, just keep getting up. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. No matter what people say about you, no matter what happens in your life, just give it another time. Give it another opportunity. It will end well. He said, I want to give you an expected end. Amen. It will end well. Right before we pray, I I just want to say, man, where are you living in this red tape? Where are you at? Where are you at? Our days are numbered. Everything's numbered. But where are you at? Are you going to feel good about where you're at? Have you set your goals too low? I've, I've, I've never, I've been at a lot of beds where people are taking their final hours and even minutes. I've been with people that sold out to God and people who weren't. But I never had one business person ask me, hey, can you pray, preacher, that I could get another half a day so I could go in and take care of a client? I, I, I've never had, you know, a mom say, hey, preacher, can you pray I get to make it to next week so I can go watch my daughter perform as a ballerina or something? I've never, I've never had those questions. I've always had those questions of people being either they know God or they don't. And then beyond that, these experiences they're having with the Father. And they're just thanking them for taking care of their children and taking care of their children's children. Or they have asked me, can you talk to my son? Can you talk to my granddaughter? I don't want them to miss heaven. I want When you're talking about my going home celebration, don't talk about me. Talk about heaven. I don't want any of my family, my friends to miss heaven. You know, when you get to the end of this, it's amazing. You would think in the beginning you would think about eternity. But really, even when you get to the very tip it's when you really start focusing on eternity. Right as we get ready to pray, what could God do with us? If we're here, or here, or here, we started focusing on eternity now. What could God use you? How could he use you? What what could you accomplish and do that will last forever? You see, you can go through being alone all you want. You can can be focused on yourself all you want, but I'm just promising you that's not, this is a rigged deck. Jesus said, it is finished. It's a stacked deck. You, no one can escape it. And it's not a bad deal. It's a great deal. And he can take a kid like me, and, and just because I was at least naive enough to receive him as my Savior, change everything forever. He can do that for you, Mom. He can do that for you, Dad. He can do that for anyone here. But you have to make the decision. So I ask you, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, where are you at in in your decision-making? Where are you at with your red tape? If you take your last breath today and have to be in front of your God, which God will you be in front of? Where will you be? You see, that's what we gotta realize, guys. It's it's not about where we're at right now. It's about where are you gonna be and who's gonna be there with you. Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to meet God face-to-face right now? If not, we can fix that. I wanna pray with you. I know it's Mother's Day and this place was packed, first service, and I know some of you, uh, God bless you for coming, you're, maybe you got later plans today, but most importantly right now are those that you're in this place where you don't know if you'd meet God or not, or you know you wouldn't if you died. So I'm gonna count to three in a moment and pray, and then I'm just gonna ask you, if you wanna give your life to Christ, to raise your hand, and then we're gonna pray right where you're at, the whole church with you. It's, not a big formality because it's about a heart issue. It's about believing that Christ rose from the dead and believing to ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. To just give him all your sin and your brokenness right now. If that's you, on a count of three, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you right now. This is the most important time and you're that valuable to God. You're that important today. As I get ready to count right now. One, two, three you're ready to receive Christ, just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. This is your day. Tomorrow's promised to no one. Are you ready to meet Christ today? Amen. Just a few more seconds and I'm going to go on, but I I want to give you this opportunity right now. Every heart free and clear. Thank you, sir, for that hand back there. Bravest man in the house. Anyone else that you want? Yes. Thank you, ma'am over there. Yes, that's two, a gentleman and a lady over here. Anyone else? As we get ready to pray here in about the next 10 seconds, you want to join these two? Yes, 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 ma'am. Yes, right there. It's another lady right there. See how important, see, sir, just you not able to give up on your heart pounding through your chest. It's not only going to be a fact of you giving your life to Christ, but it's already, in fact, impacted two other adults in this room to challenge them to say, I need to give my life to Christ. Does anyone want to join these three as we get ready to pray? In five seconds, we're going to pray. I see these three. I don't want to miss, I think. Is that a third, another one or a fourth one we're at over here? Yes, thank you, right there. Yes, thank you, the fifth one right there. Let's give God a shout for these five that want to give their life to Christ. Come on now. Come on. Let's all pray with these five right now. Every one of us, you five pray. And if there's others, you pray along with us. But all of us pray together so that we can, they can give their life to Christ. Pray right now with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of sin. I ask Jesus Christ to come live in my heart, to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for your love, for your grace, and for your atoning blood. That today, I'm born again in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Give God a shout for those that just did that. Come on, give God a shout.